All right, welcome everyone to the our Synapse Philosophy Group. And uh, we're on page six and getting into the nexus of chiropractic and the moral and religious duty of a chiropractor, and which I feel is the most controversial uh, uh, chapter in chiropractic philosophy. And we're getting to a point where D.D. lays it out for us of what he truly believes um, when we talk about religion and chiropractic. And uh, it's not what a lot of people think. And it's really, it's good. He lays it out and it gives us clarity. And I really enjoy it. We're on page six of the chiropractor, the moral and religious, moral and religious duty of a chiropractor. And uh, I'm going to start. Okay. The philosophy of chiropractic teaches the universality of intelligence and that its aim is to always, is always onward and upward towards perfection. This truth makes the practice of chiropractic a moral and religious duty, both in theory and in fact. Religion may be, uh, may be objective in its character. As a cult, it consists of the rites and ceremonies pertaining to the worship of a deity and only known by external devotional acts uh, of reverence. Subjective religion includes the moral and religious duty, the inner intellectual feeling, the science which treats, the, which treats of existence, uh, character and attributes of God and his laws regarding our duty towards him. The former is that of theology. It includes the peculiar uh, modes of divine worship which be belong to and make the special distinction of tribes, nations, and communities. The latter is ethical religion and deals only with positives, existing phenomena, properties which are knowledgeable. Uh, knowledgeable together with their variable re uh, relations of coexistence and successions, a belief in magic, the assistance of secret forces in nature, constitutes the essential of ob objective religion. The supernormal, the mysterious potency hidden from understanding, the supernatural, the occult secret power is the orig original, the basic element, the morbid outgrowth of subjective religion. Chiropractors only deal only with moral obligations and subjective ethical religion, okay? Would you like me to continue to read? Because this is where it gets a little meatier, all right? I do not propose to change chiropractic, either in its science, art, or philosophy into a religion. The moral and religious duty of a chiropractor are not synonyms with the science, art, and philosophy of chiropractic. There's a vast difference between a theological religion and a religious duty. That's important. Between the, uh, the precepts and practices of religion and that of chiropractic, a person may be conscientious, be a conscientious devotee of any theological creed and yet be a strict, upright, exalted, principled practitioner of chiropractic. Now I'm going to stop there. Okay. Who would like to share? Besides me. Because <laughs> I've got something to say. I will say something in a minute. But, but does anybody have anything on their mind they'd like to 
let go or share or like clarity. <laughs> Alan, you're holding your tongue. You may as well just go, then I'll go. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Well, it's, it relates to something that I think I said on here once before that, 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 that like uh, uh, Steve, I write things down that, that come to me sometimes. And, and a, a couple of months ago, I, this is one that I, I wrote down for myself that I've shared with other people as well. Religions are the robes spirituality wears. Try on different robes and find what fits, absorb the concepts, and you'll find your path. And Didi's talking here about that there's a spirituality involved in chiropractic. There's a, a, an awareness of, of, of entity. We talk about the universal intelligence and the, and the innate intelligence and spirit without and spirit within. And, we, and, and we're trying to, and the evolution that occurs when we release that spirit within to, to its full function. And it's, but it, that's not contradictory is what he's saying here to, and, but there's a religious component to that and a dedication to that morality of releasing that, that inner spirit to express its full potential. And, but that's separate from uh, any religion that you may be practicing, uh, that you've been trained to practice outside that has its own restrictions and, and contradictions um, with some things that maybe you may see in chiropractic, but it, they're independent of each other. And, and, and it, chiropractic's not a religion, but it, it, it expresses a, mor a moral obligation. When you become a chiropractor, you take on moral obligations to, to allow that spirit within to express the full potential that's available to it and to the person, the, the human being that that spirit is dwelling in at that moment. That's right. And that's what he's saying. We can be chiropractors no matter where your theological, spiritual, religious background. This doesn't demean that. If anything, for me, it's an enhancement. You have a tool to serve God's people. You have a tool to serve with to enhance humanity. And that is, you're not limited in any way by being a chiropractor or having a background in any spiritual practice. Awesome. Thank you, Alan. Anyone else? It's like when people say, um, like I do something religiously, you know, I go to the gym religiously or I'm a vegetarian religiously or it's not a religion, but you're doing it with such passion and such fervor and such just you're giving like your all to it. So we can practice chiropractic religiously, which means that we are sticking to the principle um, and doing everything we need to do on a principle on a, uh, that level but it's not necessarily a religion, but we're doing it with that same passion and that same fervor that people would, for example, go to church or, or do something like in a religious institution. That's the way I look at it. I see that, absolutely. Anyone else? Yes, uh, over the years, 
I have uh, had many patients who I would share uh, and listen to their love of their religion and not feel we would meet in the ethical inner subjective place of reverence for that God. I wouldn't, so that's why I can go into a church or a synagogue or a mosque or even a, 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 a scientific community that has awe and wonder at the amazement of, of what they're studying. That is the inner reverence. And uh, that is uh, a wonderful thing to share with my patients. It's that feeling of humility and appreciation, which Didi is calling the subjective. It's not the uh, rites and rituals. And so that's how come I can share it with people of all religions. The essence of, of it is the essence of what we do too. Mm. Excellent. Anybody else like to share? I think that many people that are a, a pra give lip service to practicing religions as we get off topic here, sorry, the, uh, the, not too far, the um, people give lip service to the practice of religion, but uh, don't think about the full meaning of what they're doing, um, that they get they get lost in, in, in people that are as in so many things the, the the governing forces of individual religions lead people in certain directions that are not always as pure as the thoughts of the of the of the true religion if you will you know the example would be um witch trials or persecutions of the of the of the you know of the uh, in uh, in uh even the Va in the Vatican, the, the the persecution in Spain. That's what I'm thinking about. Persecutions of Jews in Spain, um, as uh, you know, as heretics and whatnot. So there's there's issues there that that where people lose track of the pure sense, the uni the universality of of the religion gets lost at times. Um, and what we're differentiating here is wow. that we're working with the with the core that that, that occupies all religions but we're not calling what, what, what we're doing is not a religion per se. I think, I think that's where a lot of the fear comes in is because people have been wounded in different ways or, you know, some people they see as their spiritual leader, they realize they're human too. And, you know, I, I see a lot of wounds in chiropractic and other places where whether, you know, we, we blame certain religions, but, you know, it happens everywhere and we see those wounds. And I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from and connecting our own spirituality into chiropractic. And for me, where I see those wounds, I see a place to heal. And even a lot of our leaders and some of my good friends that have been in chiropractic and philosophy for a long time, I've spoken to them about their wounds because they've viciously hit me with certain things when I post things about spirituality and chiropractic and their wounds have come out. And, you know, if we are keeping someone else from being more spiritual and chiropractic because of our own wounds, 
that's because of us. It's not for them. It's our own things that we're projecting on others. So, uh, you know, in this, I had a man today come in. We have some homeless people come by. They're through our office and I care for, there's a homeless, uh, for pregnant mothers, there's a homeless shelter and I care for all those women there and their children. But I had a man come, I haven't had, it's been a while since I've had somebody really come into the door and he really wanted to pay, but he didn't have money. He really wanted his insurance to pay for things. And I said, well, we really don't do a lot of insurance, but see what you can do and come back to me no matter what. And I thought it's my duty to serve that man chiropractic. It's not my duty to serve the insurance company or my wallet but it's my duty to serve that human being chiropractic because it's my, my moral duty and my religious duty set forth in what the founder and the father of chiropractic has told us and what I also, as a man, as a spiritual human being and as a chiropractor, that is my duty to serve. And, you know, the to give, to love, to serve, to do out of our own abundance without the expectation of return is not just needing money too. We've had a lot of challenges with people in the office with the other, with my associate, my CA, they've, you know, been angry and jumped down their throats. And I said, you can, you can defend yourself and say, this isn't a time for that. But they're also, if we're only expecting love back, because we're giving love and we expect it back, it's for us. If we're giving out of our own abundance, now we also receive and we deserve to receive, but giving out of our own abundance is also love without the expectation of return of it. And I've learned these lessons just these past two weeks. They've been big ones for me. And I'm being humbled by these people every moment of my life and still trying to you know, find my place in that level of service. So those are the things that have been on my heart today um, about serving and loving, giving and doing out of my own abundance without the expectation of return. So. Thanks. I think you have to, let me offer a perspective that the man that came in wants to be in fair exchange. Oh yes. He doesn't want to just, he doesn't want you to give him something for nothing perhaps you can find something that he can do for you in the office or around the office or at your house or something, you know, maybe he has some skill that he can offer even, you know, something, even a low skilled job that he can do in exchange to feel like he's given back to you and be in fair exchange and not be just taking something for what he receives as he, he's getting it and he's getting more than he knows, but he wants to give back clearly to you and he wants to be in fair exchange alan those are very important things and that exchange is balance in the universe is what i call that and it's absolute and that exchange would be whatever whatever we determine that is at the point and you know we've had we've, we've had a lot of homeless through this through our time and you know we've had homeless you know guys come back and have jobs say i'm living under a roof now and they bring their whole construction crew into the office because yeah. at the time they didn't have anything to exchange. And half the time I didn't really want them working there. They were coming off drugs, coming off alcohol yeah. and it's hard to deal with very often. And their exchange was bringing in 
whole construction crews and wanting to pay when they get there, which is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. My understanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead, Stephen. I would not say this except in this group. And here it goes. And I'm going to quote the beginning of what you read. Religion may be objective in its character. As a cult, it consists of rites and ceremonies and is only known by external devotional acts of reverence. Chiropractic, and I have been doing this a lot of my career, is getting hung up in the technique. The technique is the rites and the rituals without the subjective reverence, which is the philosophy, guys. The technique is a cult. The emphasis on the technique is blasphemy, is the golden calf. And I've been guilty of it. I've been guilty of it for half of my career. With the help of you guys and this right kind of thinking, the connection to the why and the philosophy has made the inner religious ethical duty, this is what Didi's talking about, not technique. He's talking about, so to me, it's a cult. The majority of the technique technicians and I'm guilty of it, but I see the difference. I'm, I'm with you wholeheartedly. I've been saying <laughs> I would never say this anywhere else. You should, you should say it more. I've been <laughs> saying it, and I've got, I feel like I've been shot at about it because they've taken over our philosophy. The techniques have, have shifted the philosophy to fit the technique, and I think that is absolutely wrong. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> wrong. Yeah. I think you're on target 100%, Steve. <laughs> I've never had that experience in 25 years of chiropractic with hanging out chiropractors where somebody was so gung-ho about their technique that it overruled everything. Um, you know, we talk about procedures, we talk about technique, we talk about the philosophy, but maybe it's just the people I'm hanging out with, which is a good, good group of people. Um, you know, this, this group, the DE group, this, the Saturday Night Live group down in Florida. But I, I really, I don't think in 25 years have ever come across anybody that was so kind of blinded by their technique. I, well, maybe, I'm I, maybe I'm just lucky. I don't, I don't know. I'm talking about me. <laughs> You've, you know what, uh, Stephen? I've never, I've never heard you ever say anything like, "Well, my technique is the greatest," and that's. I've always just seen you as a philosophical person, you know. Uh, really, so maybe you're I, just being hard on yourself, or maybe I don't hang out with you too much. I don't know. No, no, no. On the inside, I have struggled with how am I going to get this proof of the, with the technique. What's, how do I make the adjustment? I, interestingly, I, it was something I was going to say a minute ago, and Steve, you, you fell right into it, is I, I attended over the weekend uh, uh, the um, 
art the mile high art summit over the weekend it was like they had 10 speakers over two days or 12 speakers over two days i don't remember um and the first day was virtually a, a it was a cacophony for lack of a better word of technique people but the they were all focused on the spirit the art once ah. you listen to them all individually speaking and the core of it all became very clear that the the spirit the art is connecting and listening to the body of the person in front of you and the innate of the person in front of you and connecting innate to innate to allow that to happen even even the cbp people <laughs> which you think of as you know we're going to make this curve come back um you know is deep down inside, you know, to all the way to the other end where, you know, you're talking about, you know, BGI, you know, talking about the subluxation is, and how beautiful the subluxation is as a, and I'm, I'm not going to get this perfect, um, is an, is a repository for growth that we're exposed to something that we're not ready to grow into yet. And the subluxation is there and what we're doing is finding the time to release that to allow the person to move further down the line and grow and expand which is what dd is saying here and it, it was fascinating to listen to this this group of people speak and then uh, simon Senzon and, and tom gilardi and betty gilardi and rob sinat all spoke on on sunday and which was more philosophy and uh, oriented all betty talked about it sounded like i was back in her in her in her uh, toggle class. It was remarkable. <laughs> anyway, thank you. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Anybody else? Well, Mile High. Mile High is based, you know, like Donnie, Epstein's, and we're talking about heavy emphasis on, on, on what, on spirit. Oh my gosh, Donnie talked and it was at the end and and uh, I can you listen to an hour of Donnie and you got to listen to it six or seven times before you can understand everything he said. It's so deep and you know little pieces seep in every time you hear him. It's just remarkable. Anybody have any insights? What else? Dave, you got something? Yeah, for our generation, I, I never heard Epstein speak, but it was Sue Brown for me. Listening to her speak was like, yeah. you'd have to listen to her three or four times, and then you're like, wow. Same thing with Dr. Sid. I listen to him every morning, seeing Meadowlands tape. Here's something different every time I have it on. I used to go to those assemblies every 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 time when I was at, at Life. And I, I started in Sherman, and I learned that philosophy is important because the president of school, Tom Gilardi, taught philosophy class for the first quarter class at 7 o'clock in the morning. And you walk into a class at seven in the morning as a as a first quarter student, and the president of school's there. You know this is something that's important, right? And but I used to go to all the assemblies with Dr. Sid, and later on, I had somebody, a friend of mine, years later, come up to me at at some seminar and go, "Gosh, you know, it." I used to try and get out of those those talks with Sid, and and, and now I wish I'd stayed. You know, <laughs> it was like every it, I would go up and shake his hand, and you felt something when you shook his hand, and and. Is yeah. We did you go to Sherman or did you go to a uh, life? 
I started to Sherman. I graduated from life. I was trying oh, to get back into DC and into Maryland. I never could because of politics gotcha. and wound up in the gotcha. District of Columbia. Gotcha. So, you know, in the, in the dogma of, of technique, though, what we're talking about, true, is, you know, even the subluxation only being at Atlas, just to say upper cervical. And where upper cervical say, you know, an, a, a, an osseous adjustment is a crime or a rape against humanity. I've heard people say that. And I've heard that word from network people, you know, and of people bashing one technique over the other. Well, we're really looking at the expression of life from above down the inside out. And, you know, I think sort of getting off track a little bit, but where we're really what sort of what Stephen was saying is where the dogma of the, let's just say where we have different religions, but really talking about the same God. And I'm not saying that, you know, uh, you know, chiropractic necessarily relates to God, but, you know, we're talking about God within which is innate intelligence. And that was my post today about what is innate. And from D.D. Palmer, from, you know, the chiropractor's adjuster, 1910, you know, that is God, our individual God. And whatever you call that life force, whether, it, whether it's, you know, the, the great energy of the universe or universal, God, that is the same in every single one of us and every living being or thing. And, you know, when someone comes in and brings you a, a cat and they want you to adjust their cat, it's the same spirit. It's the same life. And then if your adjustment is for the sacrum and not the atlas, would your dogma say that the guy that's adjusting the atlas is wrong or the guy that's adjusting the sacrum is wrong? Neither one is wrong. But there is that infighting, you know. And maybe we're seeing less and less of it now. I mean, maybe, and that's really good. And I know nearly every single one of those speakers are very close friends of mine. And we're, we do BGI, we're doing BGI two in my office, I think in the fall or the or winter this year, we're having BGI two and, and one. But, uh, you know, it's a blessing to have so many things because I'm not, I don't, I'm not Clarence Gonsted. I'm not Sue Brown, but I'm Haig and I adjust that's why I call my workshop as innate adjusting. I adjust how innate guides me to serve God's people. So, and I think that's what all of us have talked about many times of allowing that innate, your innate to speak to mine, and I'm going to get myself out of the way. And that's what BJ talked about. Nearly every book was really to get our educated out of the way so we can serve innately. And part of that is just listening to our innate flashes and then acting upon that innate instead of judging it or guessing, well, my educated says that might not be a good idea. And uh, Veronica, we've talked about that all many, we've all talked about those things many times. All right, anybody have anything else? Well, I just wanted to share that right now that we were at, um, well, the, the last, to two years of uh, school and we're starting to adjust uh, more people I've, I've been trying to to like do more stuff uh, like well trying to connect with uh, my Nate and all of that but I'm having a hard time I think it's it's hard for me uh, like having one wanting to 
to get better like the, the part of the the technique like i'm not always that sure that i have to do this and that and i have is all the the school stuff here and then what we talk with you guys here and it's it's hard but i think it's it's always You're learning to play you're learning to play the piano the scales yeah <laughs> It feels that way, but but also making aside the, the fear that if you like the the adjustment is so powerful, but I, I have like that fear in the back of my head that what if I do it wrong and I instead of helping the person, I well I do something bad for them. So well I always like to maybe that's why we don't talk that much because you guys have like lots of experience and we we like a lot hearing what you have to say and learning from all that experience and i i'm guessing i don't know but maybe years ago you were in like in my shoes like We've in the all same been there everybody We've all been there <laughs> <laughs> we all started in that place <laughs> it's a, it, it, it's it's all a process sorry you finish <laughs> Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that I hope someday in the near future we can be, well, better, more like what you are right now. You know, mastery is a journey. It's not a destination. And each day, each body, every time you think of chiropractic, you're, you're gaining your skill set, you're gaining your acumen, you're gaining your 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 spiritual connection your innate connection it's time repetition effort and you know i had a, a um a joe curso was a great friend of mine he was a speaker at de and i remember one of his talks he said every day and this he was an amazing chiropractor for decades and he said every day i try and have just one great adjustment and he had a very busy office he said i strive to have just one if I get that just one, I know I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Maybe I'll get two. And I thought about that. And, you know, my whole life, it's like, okay, I'm, if, if we have one amazing adjustment, we're changing the world. We may have more than one. If we have a full day of just absolutely amazing adjustments, we'll transform that world, this world. But one at a time. It's just one at a time. One at a time. So that's the way I feel about it. And I love it. You're on this journey. I'm glad I'm on it with you. And uh, I think chiropractic and humanity is blessed to have you. Absolutely. Both. All and, of you. And Veronica, you, you really can't get it wrong. Um, you know, what's going to come out of you is what's going to come out of you. And you can't get it wrong. And I, I think there's a quote somewhere that somebody said something like, the worst adjustment is better than anything the medical doctor can do. And, you know, I've had patients where I remember one particular patient, the man just didn't move. He was like in his 80s and I'm a great adjuster and like nothing moved. And I'm like, he's not going to see any result. And he came back the next day and he was just like, oh, my God, I don't know what you did for me. And I'm thinking, like, I didn't do anything for you. He's like, I'm better and this and that and everything. And then I've had people that I've moved everything and they are like, I'm worse. I'm not good. You know what? It's really not even up to us. It's up to their innate. And so the the more 
know, the best thing you can do is basically three things. Educate as best as you can, adjust as best as you can, and give love as best as you can. And everything else is just like not your business. It's basically whatever's going to happen between the patient and God. And, um, and, and sometimes that's like really cool to see. So. Every technique has its advantages and disadvantages. And as you go through, you need to, you, what you're doing now, like, like Steven said, you're learning to play the piano, you're learning to dance, you're learning the choreography. And my Tai Chi teacher, I've only been studying for about a year and a half. He says, you, first you learn the choreography and then you spend the rest of your life learning what Tai Chi is really about. You know, what you're doing now is learning the choreography. You're learning the dance of, you're only getting tastes of these techniques in school. You're really not getting the whole package, you know, and you find the ones that are most comfortable for you for now. And you learn them for school. And then you find the ones that are working for you and they'll change as you go through your career and want to, you'll want to learn something different. And they'll all become part of your personal adjusting package. You know, they, the schools talk about the Palmer package or the Sherman package. You'll, you'll have the Veronica package, you know, <laughs> and you'll have the techniques that you use. That, and, you'll, and you'll find that some people need hard techniques and some people need soft techniques and the same person learning different things on different days. And you can't know that now. You, you don't. And, and the more you open to the fact that you even want to have the concept of innate working through you and touching the innate in the person that's laying on the table before you puts you light years ahead of your classmates. And the more you study and feel, because every person you touch, you learn something. Every person for your entire career, every time you put your hands on somebody, you'll find yourself walking down the street and you'll see people and you'll adjust them with your mind as you walk down the street later on, because you'll see them and you'll see something going on and you'll say, hmm, Look at that sacrum; it's not working right, and you'll you'll send them a vibe, yeah. And that's and that's the adjustment you get to do at that time. But at the moment, you're you just you're doing everything right. And to go on philosophy for a moment with that, it's a concussion of forces. You are you all innate in the person in front of you can't tell the difference between what you're doing and and getting hit in the rear end with a shovel, as BJ said. And, and but it and Nate takes he also said the chiropractic is specific or it's nothing at all so that's the shovel part not so much don't try that technique it doesn't work very well what but, is specific but it's you, not just delivering the so do you remember do you remember first learning to drive a car the, the most important thing is being yourself be who you are like I said before, I can't be Clarence Gonstead, I can't be Sue Brown, I can't be Pasquale Sarasoli, can't be Dee Dee Palmer. Be yourself. The more at ease you are as who you are as a chiropractor, all things change and you become. And all these things that you learn, it become a part of you. And you let go of the, the educated part. And it's not easy and it's practice. Stephen, go ahead. No, I just remember learning to drive, and it was complicated. You had blinkers, you had the brakes, you had the accelerant, and I just rear view mirror, side view. It was like, why? How am I gonna drive? And I'll tell you now, I can drive and not even think about it. But oh, God. <laughs> another another thing that another thing that's happened over the years, and sometimes I forget it, 
is that I try to give as do do less the 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 least amount of force. I try to do the minimum to get the job done. And if it doesn't work, then I might have to add more. But that's always good for me to keep in mind the the least to conjure the innate to do the adjustment is helpful and to relax. Well, thank you guys. Thank you everyone. You're welcome. I'm going to end this and I'm by just reading Dee Dee Palmer's this section about innate from the 1910 book. Okay. What is innate? To express the individualized intelligence which runs all the functions of our bodies of our bodies during our wakeful and sleeping hours. I chose the name innate, innate born within. Uh, and so far, I would not change it except to replace it with the name of the individualized entity, which really is part or portion of all of, of that all wise, almighty universal intelligence, the great spirit, the Greeks, Theos, the Christians, God, the Hebrews, Helloem, the, the uh, Momentans, Allah, um, the Hanuman's uh, vital force, new thoughts, divine speak, spark, and the Indians, great spirit, Hudson's subconscious mind, and the Christian scientists, all goodness. Allopaths via metametrics naturae, the healing power of nature. And that's from page 495 of the Chiropractor's Adjuster, D.D. Palmer. I call it God. I call it spirit. And I call it innate. And that's what it is for me. And, you know, you have your own life and your own thoughts. So I love you guys. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week. Anybody have any last closing thoughts? Sure, I'll give you one. Go ahead. It, you know, I, I have a quote here from, from Thich Nhat Hanh, the, the, and, and he says, there's no separation between the self and other. Everything is connected. Once you are aware of that, you are no longer caught in the idea that you are a separate entity. We're connected. As we speak on the line here, we're all connected visually and, and auditorily, but we're all connected continually. Energetically and spiritually. Absolutely. Expression of one thing, one God. All right, you all. Have a beautiful night. Enjoy. And I'll see you next Tuesday. See you guys. Out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night, guys. Great. Thank you.